Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Yeah, you, yeah. you were putting the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really yeah. my face. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Tim Bone. Today's guest is a fellow Western Victorian born and raised. Uh, found his way into the food industry and started uh, Tim's Toasties, uh, but I, I think he's mostly known for his appearance in the 2019 season of MasterChef. Welcome, Tim Bone, to Ballarat Talks. Josh, thanks for having me on, mate. It's a, it's a pleasure. And having it here at the Regent Multiplex, well, oh, how awesome is this? Big bad Stevie. Because yeah. anyone that knows me knows I'm a big movie buff. So, And I haven't been to see a movie here since the world ended last year so you haven't been back I haven't been back yet well, I've got, actually I think I've got a couple of tickets for you actually oh really CBS. yeah it's been, it's been over a year and I, I bloody love coming to the movies but and now that I've, I've got an eight months um, old at home so it's a bit hard to get a bit mm. of free time to disappear for three hours and yep. come and see a movie but yeah I miss it so much we were just saying before the, <laughs> the gold class uh, <laughs> cinema up here that's where I had my bus day yeah, Pulp the, Fiction you yeah said the boys hide out the whole thing and got Pulp Fiction yep. which is my favourite movie and it was awesome. We were having beers and food while the movie was playing. It was so much fun. It's good. It's a, it's a ripper spot. It's such a big building too. It's huge. Oh, it's just, I just love it. And I love the popcorn and the chop tops. And I see they're doing like old school movie marathons like Lord of the Rings yeah, and stuff. I love that. Casual 90 hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so take me back, Tim. So you grew up in Nil. Uh, yeah. You're off a farm? Yeah, my, friend, my, my family's got a little hobby farm about... 15k out of nil um the thriving metropolis of, of nil yeah blink and you miss it everyone's always like oh nil that's where you drive through you've got to go through to go to adelaide and they're like yeah there's not much to it but um it's a nice little town and i i think having that small town upbringing was um really helped me in good stead and yeah so my parents aren't farmers they they've got jobs in town but we've just had a few horses and sheep and stuff and paddock basher and dams and we'd go yabbing and that that sort of stuff so it was a really nice sort of yeah country country upbringing you're from yep. the country as well aren't you yeah out at the bar. well i was originally horsham actually oh really yeah i was out at grew up at well i sort of went from hamilton warnable to horsham for oh. six years at horsham and then moved yeah, where, to yeah. navarre which is country country too just yeah, out, where, yeah you were uh, where did blue pyrenees are they yeah, we were just, um, yeah, had a cheeky night away, um, my wife Abby and Toby, my son, yeah, yep. we had lunch at the Blue Pyrenees Winery, yep. which was beautiful, it's and then stayed at Grayling's Gift, which is like this converted church yep. in Lexton, of all places. But it, Oh it, yeah, in Lexton, I saw that the other yeah, day, I was talking about this to somebody. It's so good. Yeah. Like, it's just this beautiful converted church that um, Annie and Shane own it, and yep. they've done such a good job with it, and um, yeah, there's no TV, so it's really just about getting back to basics and relax i've read a book and i haven't read a book in months so yep. it was so much fun did is where's blue pyrenees so is that is that's that more through just a, yeah it's just outside of evoca it was like only five, going towards moonabelle or back towards ballarat i think going towards moonabelle nanny or but yeah don't hold, don't hold me to that i'm not don't really know that area much but yeah that's a good area beautiful yeah uh, and did you always love cooking like how did how did the whole talk, talk me through the cookie yeah well i think it wasn't until I moved out of home and then went to uni and had to start obviously feeding myself and fending for myself that I started to realise that uh, this cooking thing's kind of fun. Yep. And then it sort of just built from there. I've always loved cooking shows like MasterChef and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, my mum's a fantastic cook. She's got an Italian background. So 
lots of fantastic pastas and just good hearty meals. She'd always make way too much, but she never really let me in the kitchen. That was like her her domain. So yep. it wasn't until moved out of home and then, yeah, just started cooking and, yeah, just sort of started to build. You'd, you'd, I'd sort of try and master a few dishes and then just sort of build from there. And I think cooking became a way, I'm not the most, uh, I find it hard to show affection, but it's through cooking that's how I show my love for friends and family by cooking. And also the feeling you get when you cook a great meal and they're like, oh, that was bloody delicious. That's, um, yeah, it really gets you going. It's, it's awesome. You, do you cook, you obviously do the Christmas and that, do you? You, you, be the, you take over the reins? Yeah, look, it's, when I go home, mum still pretty much has takes over. <laughs> yeah, it, it went back to nil, just the Christmas just gone and that's sort of mum's domain. I sort of help out where I can, but, yeah, I'll often get, get roped in to do a few things and yep. love hosting dinner parties at home and stuff like that and having friends around. And yeah, yeah. nothing better. No, why'd, you, why'd you move to Ballarat? Moved to Ballarat to, for uni. Yeah. So this is way back in 2005. Um, and I lived on, on res at the then University of Ballarat. Yep. So that, that was good fun and probably a bit too much fun. I um, <laughs> definitely partied a bit hard, Joshy, and didn't end up actually getting my teaching degree which i <laughs> where, where was the freak where used to frequent around here oh geez back in that day well the rattle and rattle and rattle, hum yeah oh, i don't think we, i ever saw that which is freight now and 21 arms of course which is just some office buildings now yep um i think oh, what was on the corner here it back in that day it was called the regent like it, oh, it was called the Regent, Regent Bar. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So they were probably my main main haunts back in the day. But yeah, sort of could have studied a little bit more. But it was um, <laughs> definitely some informative years in my early twenties. Yep. Yeah, couple few regrets. Maybe I should have yeah put the put my head in the books a bit more than in a glass of beer. But oh well. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I guess it's all turned, it's out. turned out. All right. It's turned out okay now. Yeah. <laughs> so you so. From there, mm. how, what, so 2019 comes around or 18, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Talk me through the process of how MasterChef came about. Yeah, well, so before MasterChef, I was working at a primary school. I'd, I'd done enough classes to still get a job at a school. So I was uh, running the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Program at the, so running cooking classes at Yule Park Community College, which was, it's out in Wendoree, just that, off, of, um, off of Gilly Street. Is, which... Yule Park. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no sorry, continue yeah. on, think of something else, yep. Oh, yeah, so amazing school. Um, some of the kids got it, got it pretty tough there, so I found my role as a cooking teacher was really just to open their eyes and their minds to what food is available and where food actually comes from. We had a beautiful vegetable garden there, so we'd grow our own um, fruits and veggies and stuff, so that sort of kids taking... or kids realizing where food actually comes from. It doesn't come from a packet or a Macca's box, it comes from the ground. Yep. And for them, they plant the seeds and then they'd go and look after it, water it, and then pick it, and then we'd go in the kitchen and cook with it. So awesome. it was pretty amazing. And then, so I loved my job, loved working with the kids. Um, and then MasterChef, I actually got sort of dobbed in or nominated by a, a lady that I work with, Jenny. She runs a coffee van in Geelong. And what they do before they're starting a season must ship, they send out scouts or producers to farmers markets and different places trying to look for possible candidates for yep. that they think would be suitable for the show. And they were talking to Jenny and Jenny was like, I've got just the guy that would be amazing for MasterChef, um, Tim, and they swap numbers and stuff. And then I get a call from one of the producers and said, look, we've heard 
what you're all about. We think you should apply. And yeah, I thought, oh shit, well, I, I love cooking, but I definitely thought I wouldn't, I wasn't good enough to go yep. on a show like MasterChef. I yep. thought this is way, way, way out of my comfort zone. But putting the application, that took a few hours and then sort of just, I had to go down to Melbourne for a few auditions, even before you do what you see on TV where you're cooking for the judges for the yep. first time. You have to go down to Melbourne and do a few auditions just with producers and staff. You've got to do psych psych tests. And, oh, jeez. You know, they, they definitely put you through the ringer to make sure that you're, you're not going to have a meltdown on TV, that you're, yep. not a, you're not a criminal or stuff like that. There are lots of background checks and all that. And then eventually made it to what you first see on the telly where you're cooking for the for the judges to get the apron to make it into the top 24 so they they said they had about eight thousand people that applied yep. for masterchef and i ended up finishing fourth in the end so yeah Not i guess well. which is unbelievable and way yeah way better than i thought i would ever ever do but and it's really been, it was an amazing experience and it's definitely set me on a path where I am yeah. today. Yeah. So what was the, uh, so what was the, so you walk, talk me through, you walk, <laughs> you walk into the studio yeah. and are they saying, right, you've got a pot and pan there, cook us what you can or is it, or is it nothing to do with cooking for a start they just see you as a person, they just talk to you as a person? Um, in those, in those early auditions before you met the judges, they would literally, it'd be like a, a challenge. They'd say, all right, you've got an hour. Um, here's a range of ingredients, cook for us. Okay, and it was cool. like a mystery box yeah. sort, of, yep. sort of thing. And then they would sit you down with uh, psychologists and, and the producer would sit you down and just ask you, drill you with all these different questions to make sure, because when you're in front of the camera, you can't be shy and be yeah. like, and I, I sort of struggled with that, Joshy, before the show. I'm not, I wasn't the most confident person and that was something that I was worried about. How am I going to, be in front of the camera and, and have to cook in front of the, my idols yep. and stuff like that. But I found as, as the show went on, I was able to um, build in confidence. And yeah, as a result, I'm able to, yeah, I'm a lot better at public speaking and doing stuff like this with yep. you. And yeah, which is probably one of the greatest things to come out of it, I think. Definitely. Yeah. So when you, yeah, like you're saying, and then when you've got to cook for the judges, you literally, you've we had time to practice our signature dish. So I, I love my pork belly. So yep. I thought I'm gonna do a ripper pork belly dish. And I know that the judges, cause I was in the last season with Gary, Matt and George, the, yeah. the old judges. Yep. So, and I knew I knew they love their pork belly and their crackles. So I thought if I can nail this, I might be in with a chance. So you, you're in this kitchen and you've got an hour, everyone's watching you. My mum and Abby was there, my wife, they're yep. cheering me on. And then you finish your dish and you put it on this little trolley and then you've got to wheel it into the into the judges. And that was probably the most nervous I've ever felt. It's just, even just thinking about it now, like sends shivers down my spine. Yep. It was just that, because you, you, I look up and then the boys are standing there and you're wheeling your trolley in <laughs> and you, they're just, just staring at you and you're like, oh shit, what have I got myself into here? Yep. And then they taste the food and, and they all loved it. And you get that apron and it's just, yeah, unbelievable. I've got a couple of things that go to my head when I'm when I'm watching these sort of shows. Yeah, they it doesn't make sense. Like, how this, how how do they? They're eating food cold. Is that right? They have yeah, to be, they have to <laughs> I be. love that. Yeah, that's that's a question that I probably get the most yeah, from people. They're it's, like, it's like, is the food minutes. cold when they yeah. eat it? And the answer is, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's that's stone just, stone cold. How do you well, the experience though? How well, do you? I guess they they're just used to it and they try and judge it on the flavors but what they do 
And what you might not see is as soon as you're finished, as soon as you're finished cooking, they times finishes, what they do, the judges will quickly come around and taste any little bits that you might have in the pot or they won't touch your plate, but anything that you might have left over, they'll have a bit to try and taste what it would be like fresh. And often they would say, often if I had time, which wasn't very often, I would plate up two plates. Yeah. So the one that I was for TV that I was gonna present to the judges that would be cold. And then another one if I had time and then they could have a little taste about and get an idea of what it was supposed to taste like hot. Yep. Yeah. So and also, yeah, so you would take it up and yeah, it would be cold. But and that's one of the advantages if you're a good dessert. Yeah, cook, I was thinking that if it's, then it's supposed it's to be cold. cold. Yeah, exactly. But that didn't help for me because I was shit at desserts. So <laughs> <laughs> And did so is it a legit timer? You know how it's like you can't tell me that they all finish. They're like, hands, hands out, hands off, and they get away from the thing. Have they refilmed that or what? Um, there is... There's got to be some well, play to it. Once once the clock starts and stops, that's it. Like, there's no stopping and starting in between. Yep. Um, a lot of the times they... There was time... I wasn't very good at my time management, so often that was literally what you saw me in a rush, rush trying to throw everything on the plate. 10, 9, 8, 7, and I'm like, oh, shit, get everything on. But sometimes you would finish your dish before the time ran out, but they would do a big countdown and try and make it look like everyone was in a bit of a flurry then because that's, that's drama and that's yeah. what yeah, of people course. want to see. Want to like, see people don't want it to just be... You finish with five minutes to go. They don't want to see you just standing there with your arms exactly. crossed. Just it's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they want to be exciting. But, yeah, there's no sort of tricks in terms of the actual time you get. Yep. You, you get that, whether it's an hour, two hours, three hours, and then, yeah, that's it. Does, so when they're filming, though, at the end, for example... So I know how a bit of filming works. Do yeah. they get you to walk up with your plate a heap of times or is it just one time? They're like, oh. can you go back and walk that again? Can you back and walk that again? Because you get different angles or camera. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes you do have to do things two or three times if they want to get a different angle yeah. or yep. whatever. Or especially when... You know that the part of MasterChef at the start of the episode where they you, they see us drive in in cars yeah, 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 into yeah, the yep. garden there Couple with the MasterChef logo. <laughs> we had to do, we had to do that like five or six yeah. times because they've got a they've only got a certain amount of cameras and they want to try and get shots of everyone getting in and out of the cars yep. and try and focus on different or different contestants and stuff. So yeah, drive ups we would call them, and you'd have to do that yeah at least six times. <laughs> that got a bit much. Like just getting out of the car and walking in, and then they're like, all right, back in the cars, and then they'd have to drive out, and then we'd do it all again. So lap. that sometimes that took half an hour just to just to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. I um I did a little bit of stuff for the Biggest Loser in our app. Oh, like I yeah. had to do a couple of like sessions, and I went to the finale night. Yeah. And I, I just remember thinking that there with the filming because it was like, all right, everyone clap, start going, and everyone <laughs> yeah. starts clapping, and somebody's not sitting in their seat, they're like, right, bring it back, start again. And Let's do like, it again. Yeah, so I was like, there'd be a lot of, a lot of mucking around. It's unbelievable, and just one hour long episode like would take us all day, like twelve hours yep. to we'd be there, like a lot of sitting around in the green room and stuff while they do different camera setups, and or after after the kitchen, it's just a a schmozzle like a bombs hit it and then the the cleaning team runs in we call them ninjas and they've got to clean every, <laughs> clean everything then we'd go and have lunch and then so it's a long process just to film one episode yeah it would be yeah so run me through a day how's a day mm. so in the midst of it all when you yeah. you know you're halfway through this top top yeah. 10 all right run me through how 
you wake up at what time? Yeah. So we filmed in Melbourne, obviously. The the studio was at the showgrounds, Melbourne showgrounds. That's yep. where the MasterChef kitchen is. Yep. But we stayed in a house all together, this big mansion in Canterbury, which was about 45 minutes on a good day, an hour and a half in in peak hour, just to get to the to yeah. and from the studio. I thought you must have been right next to it or something. No, I wish. But, uh, yeah, I think because they, they needed a big house and they didn't sort of want people to know where we were living because yeah. they have had trouble in the past. Because so, once it gets down to the end, because there's a crossover of when it starts on air and then we're still filming, yep. so they don't want paparazzi to come and... So like come and look where you're yeah, living and see who's left and then try and work it out. Yep. Um, yeah, so they try and separate that. So we'd get up probably on a shooting day, get up at yeah, five, six o'clock in the morning, um, quick brekkie, and then they'd bus us to the, the studio. You'd get mic'd up and then you might start the challenge at about 10 o'clock yep. and then you'd do, do the challenge and then you'd have to sit around for a couple hours and then they'd go back in and they'd do a, the decision and who who was the best worst dishes and whatever so a lot of a lot of sitting around there was like a green it was a, like a portable portable building that was our green room so I had couches and stuff and all we'd be doing in our downtime would be studying we weren't allowed to have our phones our phones were locked away in a safe so it was but like for the hot like yeah the so whole I was, thing I was away for about because I made it near the end I was away for six months it was about December to to June because I made the semi-finals. Yeah, so our phones were locked away in a safe. We were six months? Yeah. What? I know. We got to come home for a few days over Christmas and a few days over Easter, but that was all. If you had kids, you were allowed to go home every second weekend, but I didn't have kids then. Yeah. So, so that was a really hard part. So I was away from my wife, Abby, for, yeah. for that long. We're only allowed two 10-minute phone calls a week. On like what these, the hell is going on? On there? these old like thirty three Nokia thirty three fifteens, yeah. and so you couldn't because they didn't want us to get too distracted, and they really want us to be in this must chef bubble where yeah. we were. That's all we were focused on. We weren't able to check Instagram, Facebook, or even be able to use the internet to research recipes or anything. So it was really old school. We just I took like a whole suitcase full of cookbooks yeah. and that was that was how I studied or got different ideas and got inspiration just from cookbooks so that's what we would be doing in our downtime is just studying trying to come up with like recipe ideas so that was crazy yeah how many messages did you have when you get back to your oh, phone yeah it blew up <laughs> it was nuts yeah it was crazy but so that but it's it was kind of refreshing though Josh because I think it makes you realise how much you do rely on, on your phone, on this thing. Mm. And it was kind of nice to be separate from that. And I found when I came home, when the show was all done and dusted, I would just forget to even take my phone out. Yep. But it was kind of nice. But And then you're trying to build your social media and stuff. But um, it was kind of nice just to separate yourself and not become so reliant on the phone. But oh, now I'm to carry it everywhere there again obviously now everyone, but yeah, yeah, yeah it was kind of nice just a bit of a detox from the technology did they take over your social media they did at the at the start when i was still on there yeah. and when it started on air they would sort of monitor it for a while but then once i came home then it got handed over yeah to us and then yep. yeah we got to run it sort of as as we please yep yeah hmm. it's pretty uh pretty big adventure like it'll be 
Oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty odd. Like I said, you, everyone sees the TV thing and you just yeah. don't really know what happens. Like six months, is a, that's a long time. I didn't realize it was that long. Oh, for sure. And I actually got eliminated at 15th. We were, we were in, we did a trip to Queensland and I got eliminated up there. But what happens is everyone from 24 to 12 that's been eliminated, there's a comeback cook, so yep. a second chance. So everyone gets to come back and you get one last chance. You can cook pretty much whatever you want and whoever cooks the best dish gets back in the competition. And I was lucky enough to get back in the competition. So I so I was sort of, it was weird. I was in Queensland, flew home, and it was literally only 10 days, I think, that I was back in Ballarat yep. um, before that second chance cook. And I got home and I was just knackered and I thought, and I was just talking to Abby. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to really try in this second chance cook I'm, I'm sort of done and dusted I'm, I'm knackered I just want to be home with you and she was like nah buddy pull your finger out don't squander this second chance this is your chance to get back in the competition and she sort of gave me a pep talk which was which Good. is what I needed yeah. and um and I, I took a couple of days and then I got back in the kitchen and worked on this dish to perfect to cooking the second chance cooking thank god she talked me into it and told me to have a crack because yeah I got back in and then ended up yeah, finishing right. fourth and when I got back in I thought well I'm not going to bloody squander this second chance that I've been given and I really was like laser 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 focus uh focused um studied harder and practiced more than more than ever and yeah it, it sort of pulled off in, right the, off. in the end yeah. and also like coming from the the gym side of things I I lost 15 kilo Did while you? from the start I was about 103 kilos at the start of the show you'll see if you watch the show at the start like I'm all puffy and not actually yeah, looking not, at your performance so yeah. I was actually on Google <laughs> looking, up, looking you up right yeah yeah do you know what some of the first things come up were I don't, oh, I don't know Prince Harry yes yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. <laughs> that's so the first thing that come up and then your return uh, the end the end slide came up and it oh. said it was like Tim Bowen, and then it says like he's currently at home happy in his garden or something. Oh, is that yeah. like the end slide or <laughs> yeah. something like that? Yeah, the thing they put up at the end. Yeah, and you get it's like, that's exactly right. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, the Prince Harry thing. I, I've sort of gotten that since I was a, a little kid because he's only a year older than me. Okay. And you yeah. see photos of me as a kid, like it's crazy how alike we look. Yeah. And even at Audi yesterday, a lady came up and she's like oh I'm so sorry I don't usually do this but you just look so much like Prince Harry I just had to I just had to tell you and I it, she was going to say condolences or something oh, no, so no, I'm no, so no. sorry I was yeah. like no way yeah. <laughs> she's like I don't normally do this but you just look so much like Prince Harry I just need to I just need to tell you oh, and she's God. like it's uncanny and I'm like oh yeah that's funny so she didn't know who I was but just yeah. that I look like Prince Harry yeah. that's great <laughs> that's um, funny what are the judges like on a, a personal level do you get Jack. to talk to them much or are they pretty um at the start, um, when there's 24 of us in there, you you don't really hear from or see them much, except yep. for in the during the challenges. But as soon as the cameras stopped, they would go out, go and do their own thing. They had their own area. Yep. We would, wouldn't really get to talk to them. And because at, at the start, it's like they, they're not really ready to invest in us because most of us are going to get eliminated pretty yeah, quick. But as it got towards the end, sort of top 10 yep. and down, um, they would talk to us a lot more, give us a lot more feedback yeah. and really spend some time with us, mm. which was which was awesome. And they were all so lovely. Like, And having been in the last season with Gary, George and Matt was pretty awesome because I'd, I'd watched MasterChef since it started and those boys were like 
idols to me and Gary Gary Megan was like a, a father figure to me like he was the one that I really wanted to impress the yep. most um, why I think just because I, I, I saw him I really looked up to him and he was sort of like a like a father figure and yep. and then Matt like with the big cravats he was just a big cuddly teddy bear and he was super nice and then then George um, was brilliant George actually came to Ballarat after the show um, and he had dinner at Lola and he caught up with me and my oh, wife for a, at Mitchell Harris just yeah. for a we had a couple of gins and stuff and that was so nice he just um, yeah made contact with me which was super nice that he gave awesome. me some really nice advice because away from the show it was just nice to sit there with him and his wife and just talk shit and, yeah. yeah which was super nice yeah that's awesome so that was great and I know George has been through the ringer and stuff in terms of yeah like the a lot of his restaurants are shut down with the tax thing but yep. yeah he was just super nice to me and i'll always cherish that Hope yeah so. it was good wow um so moving on from the show yeah you finish up there and you move back to, but you come back to ballarat yeah and you start tim's toasties yeah why toasties for one <laughs> yeah. yeah i love it um well, even before the show, I did have this idea to start up a toasty business. I mean, I just always love toasties. There's something comforting and warm about, about a toasty and reminds you of your childhood, like eating toasties on the weekends or after school, you might cook up a cheese or tin spaghetti jaffle or something yeah, like that. Jaffle. Yeah, jaffle. jaffle. Yep. Back in the day. Yep. And, but it wasn't, in 2015, my wife and I went on a holiday to New York um, which was amazing. We got engaged in New York. New York's just, yeah. Have you been? Yeah, once. Yeah. 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 So good. Oh. Well, it depends actually. Like, <laughs> I found a lot of the people were rude, but like, oh, really? I, I don't know if that's their, like, I think it's just the New York sass. Well, that's isn't like, it's like, just like their style. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm so used to the please and thank yous here yeah, in Australia. I know. Everyone's smiling at you and then yeah. so we go there. I'm like, I feel like everyone's just, <laughs> yeah. 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 They definitely don't hold back, do they? Nah. Um, but near where we stayed in our Airbnb on the Lower East Side was a, this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant and all they did was grilled... They called grilled cheese over there, grilled cheese sandwiches. Yep. And they had a sign out the front that said, um, if this isn't the best grilled cheese sandwich you've ever had, we'll give you your money back. And that so became our little cool. go-to place. Yeah. It was just like super cheap, really like sort of hip and the, the toasties were so bloody good. Yeah. And it was open really late at night too. So if we go and see a Broadway show or go to a... Go, we'd go out at night and then come back and we'd have like a toasty before bed or something, toasty and nachos <laughs> and a, a quiet beer before nightcap before we go to bed. And I thought, oh, I could bloody, I should st- not steal, but get, yeah, get take this ideas. idea, yeah. take this idea back to Ballarat because I think it, it could really go well. Yep. Um, but again, touching on my self-confidence before the show, I thought oh, I was... I'm, I've got a really big fear of failure, Josh, yeah. and that still runs to this day and often not wanting to give things a crack in case it, it flops. Yeah. Um, but is that, I is, think... Is that, sorry, is that from a financial side or is that just more of a... Um, probably, like the, probably just a, from a more personal um, not wanting to let myself or anyone else down, I yeah. think. Not so much the financial thing, but just that fear of, fear of failure and yeah. having people... I also I care a lot about what what people think of me, which I probably shouldn't. But even to this day, I, I yeah, and it probably stems from that. But then I think after MasterChef, you've sort of gives you that confidence to say, well, if I can do that, um, 
I can open up a business. So after MasterChef, and then you get that sort of spring, MasterChef is a, a good springboard and gives you that sort of notoriety, puts you in the spotlight a little bit, which which helps. Yeah. Um, so after the show, had the confidence to start up Tim's Toasties. And so I started, took a few months just to get all my branding and stuff together. And I didn't want to rush into a bricks and mortar shop because I thought, well, that's, that's really high risk. I'm just going to start small. I also always love going to the farmers markets around Ballarat, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll just start at the farmers markets and events around Ballarat, and that's where I started, mm. and that's where I still am to this day, and it's it's I love it. Getting to now, I get to so I've left my job at Yule Park, obviously, and Tim's Toast is my life now. I get to make toasties for a living, and yep. it's bloody fun. I love it, and. Uh, the support that I've gotten from ba- the Ballarat community since the show has been really overwhelming and it just makes me th- so thankful to, to live in this town. Just, yeah, like it's just unbelievable. I've got such a great supportive customer base. Like the, I've got people that come every single weekend for a toasty, rain, hail or shine. There's like a group, like, <laughs> they're like my groupies. Yeah. They literally come every <laughs> single weekend and I'm so appreciative of it it's it's unbelievable and yeah i can't thank everyone enough for the support that i've that i've gotten and my yeah for my business that was actually gonna be my next question why haven't you because i i think you would absolutely kill it (laughs) but then i was thinking we probably sold out half the time anyway that it's like yeah that's that's the thing like um that it that this is going to be the next step. Obviously, having a having a Tim's Toasty shop yeah. is is the dream, yep. and it's it's going to happen. Yeah, hopefully in the next sort of six twelve months. Awesome. Um, it's just about just about finding the right space. I've sort of had a bit of a look around, and yeah, obviously COVID threw a spanner in the works mm. for everyone in the whole hospitality industry, and I just am still wary about just not diving too deep too quickly. Um, just want to yeah hopefully things are looking good now but just don't want to get too deep but a Tim's Toasty shop yeah it would be the dream because I'm coming up to winter markets and even the market at the lake on the weekend it was like pouring rain I'm like oh I'm not looking forward to this because this will be my first winter because last winter we were in lockdown so there was no no markets no events and that was my first first winter so I because I've got my kitchen registered at home with the council I do all my prep and stuff at home so I was literally using Alex um, for the deliver the local delivery service I'd make toasties at home the delivery drivers would come to my door pick up the orders and take them around to to Ballarat so people would get Tim's toasties for breakfast or brunch on the weekends (laughs) and that, that was so good at least it gave me a sense of purpose and gave me something to do and able to sell sell some toasties but yeah now coming into winter i'm yeah not looking forward to freezing cold yeah, in the say, winter yeah. market so what? i better hurry up and get a shot <laughs> what about that little one down the end of um sturt street then the one that's like a chocolatey place or was oh or? yeah yeah on the corner yeah, there. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what's the what the go with that one is i'm still for lease i've noticed the sign oh really oh, i might have to check spot. that out yeah, mate. but it would be nice to be obviously with GovHub going up and oh, of course toasties yeah. for yeah. lunch it just it's a no-brainer if yep. you can be sort of around the armstrong mayor street area yep. and that's just such a food hub now mm. and to be a to be a part of that Shout out Griffin Burger, Sammy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I've got a scenario for you. So, Abby comes home. Does Abby drink? She does. Okay, Abby comes home. She's had a few drinks. Yeah. She stumbles in the door. She says, she goes, Tim, make me a sandwich. Ooh. 
what's your go-to? Do you do you, do you oh, grab I the sourdough, or do you grab the, the whole grain, or do you, the whole you know, whole meal? Or all right, let's 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 get let's, let's get deep. Let's get toasted. Let's get toasted. Love it. My number plate's I toast. Is it? Yeah. I toast. Yeah, it's so good. All right, toasties. So. I, obviously, starting with the bread, yep. I use sourdough. Yep. White sourdough from 1816 Bakery on yeah, Armstrong yep. Street. Okay. That's it's amazing. I've used their bread since since the start. Yep. And I wouldn't use any other bread. It's it's amazing. That they, good is it? Yeah. Oh. It's just so. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with their toasties, like using the Wonder White or whatever. Mm. It just doesn't cut the mustard you've got to go nice sourdough (laughs) so that's where that starts and then lots of lots of butter on the outside Mm. you've got to i know in america they use mayonnaise which is on the outside they reckon it gives it a nice crunch but i've I've never done it because i can't just can't get my head around it but yeah apparently that's what they do but lots of butter on the outside and then in terms of fillings i've i've done over a hundred, probably closer to hundred and fifty different flavor combinations yeah. of toasties. So I'm always trying to come up with new ideas. Like I said at the start, I'm a big movie and music buff, so all my names of my toasties are either like pun, puns or takes on movies <laughs> or music. What you have the other day? You had Shawshank or no? What's your oh, name? I had lamb the shank. yeah, no. I had the Tom the Tom Shanks, That's which is my um, slow roasted lamb shank toasty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what have I got? What have I got this weekend coming? Oh, I can't even think. But yeah, like the Breakfast Club and different things like that. And so I love, it's crazy, but my best selling toasty at the markets is just the basic, um, my my four cheese blend, just the classic cheese. Just cheese. Yeah, I call it cheesy like Sunday morning, but it's just four cheeses um, mixed together and people can't get enough of it. They just love that basic cheese toasty. And but it is it does bloody taste good just the blended cheeses it, it's amazing yeah um but then in terms of what i would cook for abby i i love there's one that i do called the mince fawn which is the um my left <laughs> mince fawn yeah <laughs> which is my leftover spaghetti bolognese sauce even as a kid and then you put that in a toasty mm. lots of cheese so you get that ooey gooey goodness what else i love Oh, if she's had a few drinks, I might. This one's called the hangover, but um, it might be good before uh, yeah. before bed yeah. to prevent a hangover. Where I put migoring noodles in a, in the toasty, so oh. it's migoring noodles, yeah. a fried egg, a bit of roast chicken, a bit of kewpie mayo, sweet soy, some spring onion, and a bit of chili sauce. And that's a, that's a ripper, that one. It's so good. And these are just the everyday sort of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I love slow roasting my own meats, like whether it's lamb shoulder, pulled pork, yep. different things like that, and putting them in toasties and a lot, lots of bacon. I use... I get my bacon from Salt Kitchen Charcuterie here in town. They, so they cure their own bacons yeah. and stuff and a lot of restaurants and cafes use their stuff but it's the best bacon I've ever ever tasted where, so, where are they they've got a they've got a factory out in um, Delacombe in the in, industrial area but they don't have a shop front but they just supply and you can buy their you can buy their stuff at Wilson's and oh, yeah. a few yeah. other yeah places like that mm-hmm. um, but it's so bloody good if you, if you haven't tried it I use their streaky bacon so they cure it in, in maple syrup and it's so bloody good it's sweet yeah it's Oof. amazing yeah awesome yeah so I just yeah I love it and you're only bound by your own ima- 
imagination in terms of what you can put between two bits of bread. And I'm always trying to come up with new concepts and but not get too crazy because like like I said, my best selling one's the the cheese one. It's mm-hmm. just and I've I've got a real passion, Josh, for using as much local local produce as I can from the bread to the my small goods. Try and um, hero a few like Vegas and Rose, I've started using their barbecue sauce and their relishes and stuff. So just trying to support as many local businesses as I can in That's terms right. of, yeah, what I'm putting inside my toasties. So, yeah, it's, awesome. it's good fun. I, don't, I haven't had one yet, so I'm going to have to come. You'll have to, mate. Yeah, I don't, yeah. This is a, when are you at Lakeview soon, aren't you? Yeah, I've got, I, I'm an ambassador for, ambassador for a charity called Keeley's Cause. Yep. Keeley's a high school student in Berlin who's got autism. And she started her own charity. It's bloody amazing. <laughs> and she raises money to buy iPad to buy iPads for kids with autism to help with their learning. Yep. So I've signed on as ambassador for them. So we've got a fundraising night coming up at the at the Lake Views. Yeah. So you'll have to That's come great. come check that yeah. out. Yeah. Toasty night there. Is that Friday night? What, what's that? That is on the twenty Wednesday, the twenty eighth of this month, April. Yeah. Yep. Is that? Yeah, I, I think that. that's right. Um, so it's you can buy buy tickets online, and it's twenty bucks, and you get a toasty and a and a drink. Yeah, so Wednesday the twenty eighth of April. Yeah, love a good cocktail if they're serving. Oh them. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. So moving on from that, mate. Mm. Some questions for you. Oh right. I did send them to you last night. You did. Okay. So <laughs> you yeah. Have a bit of a think. Uh, what's one thing that nobody knows about you? Well, I couldn't... Uh, I've got three. Three if you want. Yeah, yeah, hit me with three. I like All right. I, I love scented candles. I love... <laughs> there you go. I've said it. I've said it. <laughs> it's out there. I've said it. Scented candles. I love scented candles. I, I bloody froth them. Yeah. Um, always trying to... I've got a big thing for having a nice smelling house. Yeah. So we've always got scented candles burning and... Um, I think, yeah, aromatherapy, isn't it? Where yeah. nice aromas yeah. make you feel make good. Feel good yep. So love scented candles. There's one. There, I've said it. Um, <laughs> number two, I once auditioned or once had a job interview to become a male stripper. Bullshit. There you where? go. Oh, yeah. now I'm in trouble. Oh, you're tell well, me where. All right. So in my gap year um, before I came to uni, <laughs> yeah. uh, my, my mate and I bought a camper trailer, uh, Mick, and we wanted to, our idea was to travel around Australia and just work our way, just seasonal jobs. And we got up to Bundaberg, um, North Queensland. We were starting to run out of money and there was no sort of jobs around there, but we liked Bundaberg. We wanted to hang around for a while and we was walking past a notice board one day and they had like male dancer wanted. And I thought, oh, for a laugh. My body was a bit better back then. And I thought, oh, this will be a laugh. So I took the number, rang him up and set up this job. <laughs> How dodgy that sound? Yeah, I know. Male guy, well, yeah, so I had to go to this job interview. It was just in a in a house and I bought <laughs> I bought, I bought my mate Mick along with me and I made him like wait in the car at the front and I'm like, keep the car running because if I'm not out in 10 minutes, you have to come, come, and, come and get me yeah. or call the cops. Yeah. So I'm like, this could be dodgy. But they, they were lovely and yeah, because I thought, oh, I could do some male dancing on the side at parties and make a bit of coin doing that. Um, I didn't have to get my gear off at the interview, which I was surprised about actually. No, no but casting no, couch. No, no casting <laughs> couch. But, um, but before um, I could get my first gig, so the interview went really well and I got the job. They were going to set me up with a choreographer to get my Jeez, dance moves down pat. But then we ended up um, 
uh, mate passed away back home and our trip got cut short so never got to fulfill my dream of becoming a, a male stripper but got got close got close were you wearing did they, what, what type of outfit did they say did you have to wear it or just pull it yeah, off it was going to be it was going to be like the one of those like pants that rip off on the side yeah, and they have like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the G banger on yeah. the <laughs> I can see you apparently you have, so, a, you have a whip yeah I just I often just sometimes have it just to chuckle to myself I'm like if if that had played out differently I wonder yeah what could have what, magic <laughs> Mike yeah exactly magic Mike yeah, yeah it could have yeah. been so things could have been a lot different but yeah nearly became a male stripper there you go guys <laughs> <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now <laughs> uh, no, oh, a, oh and what was the other one? Oh, I think I was going to um, yeah sort of talk about how I'd, I'd never never finished uni that was that was gonna, that was going to be my other one no like I'm like, I won't say it's not a big surprise but like it's not <laughs> yeah. I think it's quite common these days I think a lot of people change oh absolutely change yeah. yeah exactly uh, what do you love most apart from your family ooh don't copy that yeah family definitely yeah Toby and my wife number one and two and it'd have to be food yeah. it would have to I know that sounds obvious coming from me but it's just I just bloody love food, mate. Do you Good. love do you love food? Yeah, I do like food. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, just something like I'm. It's it, it's the first thing I think about when I wake up. What yeah. am I going to eat today? What am I going to have for dinner tonight? <laughs> and obviously, because cooking's my life now, I'm. That's what I fall asleep thinking. I'm trying to work out what toasties I can come up with, and in the shower, it's just always food, food, food. Yep. And I just love eating out. I love cooking, and just just the whole process. It just um, yeah. Do you have a favourite restaurant in town? Ooh, okay. <laughs> wow, it's it would probably be the Forge. Yeah, Forge we pizza. Just, yeah. My wife and I just love the wood fire pizzas at the Forge, and it's just our go to. It's just. Yep. We just always feel so welcome when we go, but I find you've you've got to eat it there straight out of the pizza oven. It's the freshest is it's amazing, but that's probably our favourite and and probably Moon and Mountain. Mm. We love Moon and Mountain. Mm. Yeah, but they're well. probably our our two go tos. Yep. Yeah, love, love it. Uh, what's something someone has said to you that? has never left you. So yeah, yeah something's resonated with you as you maybe you might have been young at school. Or... Yeah, this one's. Um, from my mum, who's probably yeah my biggest hero. Um, she looked after my sister and I. Um, my dad and my dad and her split up when we were young, and she was a single mum for a, a while. And just her strength and tenacity. Um, yeah, so I look up to her. She's like my my absolute hero. I'm a mummy's boy through yeah. and through. <laughs> but she yeah. told me she told me something one day that still sticks to me to this day when we're sort of talking about what, I, what I'm going to do when I'm older and not sure what path I'm going to take. Um, and she told me, I don't care what you do, you could clean toilets for all I care as long as, long as, you're, as, long as you're happy, right. as long as you're happy doing it. And that's something that's really stuck with me and has resonated with me because um, now I've always tried to, whatever job I get, I want to make sure it's something that I'm passionate about, whether it was working at the primary school or making toasties for a living, you've got to you've got to have fun doing it. Otherwise, what what's the bloody point? Yep. 100%. Yeah. So I, that's something that's stuck with me to this day. I reckon I always say like from your twenty or even from eighteen to, to thirty. Yeah. Like you can make so many mistakes and Absolutely. you just need to try things. Yeah. You need to do and find something that you truly love because life's you know life's pretty long and if you if you're doing something for so long that's that you hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Put you in a hole, like. And like you said, yeah, life is long, but it also life's too short to be in a occupation or a job that you don't enjoy. Yep. Like, 
you gotta you gotta enjoy it. We're only on this planet for a, a certain amount of spins, and you gotta bloody make the most of it while while you can. Otherwise, and that's the thing I didn't want to. When we're talking about confidence and not worrying about fear of failure, uh, I had to get that out of my head because I didn't want to squander this chance that MasterChef had given me, and I didn't want to get an old man and think back and be like sitting in my rocking chair and thinking, Regret. oh, I remember that TV show I was on some, let's watch some reruns and then, and, <laughs> and, and, and have a, and have an office job or be doing something that, uh, that I, that I hate. So yeah, you've got to try and take advantage of the opportunities that get, get given to you. Definitely. But you've also got to work hard at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's, you can't just, you can't, yeah, you can't just expect, expect it. Yeah. Uh, who do you want to see the podcast next? Oh yeah, I was having a bit of a think about this, and and because I'm sort of in, in the foodie thing, I was thinking maybe um, Justin Chapman, who's the um, or Chappie, as everyone knows, he's the head baker and owner of eighteen sixteen Bakery. Awesome. I think he would have a really cool story. He was a teacher um, at the special school, um, ran their cafe, and is that one out? Um, yeah, like how they got the cafe out there back in the day. Yeah. yeah, so he sort of started that up, and then he started his own thing there. I think he'd be really cool to chat to. He's an awesome bloke, and yep. he's got some good stories. And then also. Another good one would be Mick, Mick Nunn, who's the owner of Salt Kitchen Charcuterie, where I get yeah, my bacon yeah, from, yeah. because he's got a great story. He went over to Europe to learn the charcuterie craft, and he'd have some amazing stories and how he's brought that back to Ballarat. I think he'd be really cool to talk to as well. Fantastic. Yeah, Mick Nunn. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I'll write them down. Yeah. Try and get them on. Yeah. Um, thanks so much, mate. That's, that's pretty well. Do you have anything to say oh, wow. to... Um, any wow. out there? Anything you want to say? Well, just yeah. Thank thank you to no. yeah you Josh for having, having me on. It's it's amazing. Like we're talking about just having a crack at things, and this Ballarat talks is awesome. I've listened to a few of the episodes that you're doing, and it's Who's just awesome. That it, oh, give it to me straight. I oh, I think the Jules episode was Jules a, good. a good one. She's yeah, a, she's, she's a great. Great gal, yep. yeah. She was, she was lots of fun. I've done done a few things. Let's just say you, so. you would have done something. Up. Yeah, we've yeah. been ambassadors for yeah. different things together, and yeah, it's awesome to see. And I've yeah been on the radio a few times with her, but yeah, it's just awesome to see you having a crack, mate, and just a young guy just putting himself out there. And you, yeah, yeah, you've got it. You've, you're you're a busy, busy man. I'll put but some stuff out there, don't I, Scotty? Yeah, <laughs> Scotty, Scotty's in the uh, in the audience today. Scotty, <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's from Dilto. Yeah, um, I did actually. I did have one question. I'm yeah. ask you. Have people treated you different since being off the show? Um, have people treated me differently? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I'd like to think, and I try and be a pretty genuine guy, and I, I haven't sort of tried to let the show go to my head either. I think what you see is what, what you get with me. I'm just yeah. I'm just Tim, the boy from Ballarat, just yeah. bloody making toasties on the weekend. like, And I think a lot of people see that authenticity. Like I, I can't pretend to be anything I am. And it's kind of nice. I go to the supermarket and people will be like, oh, g'day, Tim, how you going, mate? And it's sort of sometimes you just want to get in and out. But people are always up for a chat or a, a selfie or whatever. And it, it's great. I think the local support from Ballarat's been, been really lovely. And everyone's super, super nice. But you just... Sometimes you're like, oh, people judging me. What's in my trolley? <laughs> Put those biscuits back. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You don't need those Tim Tams, yeah. mate. Um, nah, but it, it's great. I think, yeah, I, I think just the local support that I've gotten from Ballarat's brilliant. And it's just an amazing community. And yeah, everyone's been really, really lovely. Yeah, awesome. it's nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Timmy. Good on you, mate. Thanks um, for having me on. Appreciate it. Cheers, bud. 
Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.